Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 30th. Think of your life as dancing on air. In spirit, soar up on gossamer wings of pure joy. Brush lightly by every mountain peak of difficulty. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I would really like to say I got this one down. Let's just be honest and say we're still working on this one. You know, this is like, uh, think of your life as dancing on air, gossamer wings, tripping lightly over every mountain peak of difficulty. Now, this is the very, very interesting issue presented by the spiritual path. And this is, I've been on this path, I've been studying these teachings actually more than 50 years. I've been just absolutely dedicated to it for all that time. Nothing has been more important to me. I cannot say that I have always been disciplined or even good at it, but I've never wavered in my determination. And from the very beginning, this is the message that all the great masters deliver. Every great master delivers this. You know, Jesus says, you know, uh, because you loved me, the world will hate you. But then he says to his disciples, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. You know, just like that. Don't worry about it. Joy, 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 that's what, that's what this is. This is what life is. And look at, I mean, Jesus' life was pretty challenging, but the, the crucifixion is not the message of Jesus' life. It's the resurrection. It's him just going through every single difficulty and then standing up in pure joy at the end of it. Now, Christianity sort of puts a big emphasis on all the suffering that comes ahead of time, but when you go to the Indian side, it's all about bliss. Um, the definition of God, the most powerful uh, word for God is Sat Chit Ananda, ever existing, ever conscious, ever new bliss. And that's who we are. We are, we are Sat Chit Ananda. We are manifested from Sat Chit Ananda. We express Sat Chit Ananda. And when we have completed the soul's journey, what we discover is that it was bliss all the way through. We just got confused and didn't notice. I lived with Swami Kriyananda. He had enormous numbers of trials and troubles in his life. He he never lost his joy. And at the end of his life, his life was nothing but bliss, just pure bliss, no matter what was going on. He could hardly, as he put it, I feel so much bliss, I don't even know what to do with myself, is what he said. And you could feel it and you could see it. And it just nothing else matters. Master writes this poem called Samadhi. Samadhi means cosmic consciousness. And he writes about this extraordinary state of oneness with the whole universe. And the poem ends with a tiny bubble of laughter. I have become the sea of mirth itself. After after all the soul's long journey. And this is what draws us to the spiritual path is this promise of joy and this um, uh, personification of joy that we find in the masters. 
as I was talking about Jesus, I found myself stumbling a little bit because the accepted concept of Jesus absolutely cannot be true. That he was lugubrious and that he suffered and that he was known never to smile and he wept for all our sorrows. I mean, think about it for a minute. You go to hear some speaker somewhere and he just stands there and weeps for your sorrows and sighs deeply and talks to you about how miserable it is and how it's all going to end in the crucifixion and what a horrible time this life is. Like, would you go back? Would you even sit through the whole thing? Think about the people that you want to relate to. Think about, especially when you're on some kind of a quest after truth, who is it that really attracts you? It's the people who lift your heart, the people who, who give you courage, the people who help you to see that even in the midst of it, there's still this thread of, of positive possibility and of, of joy and of love in the midst of it. That's what we're all seeking. When Yogananda came to America 100 years ago, he, he, the, the book he published when he first arrived, he called it The Science of Religion. It was actually ghost-written in English by one of his disciples, but it was his book and his ideas. He took all of spirituality from all ancient times. He reduced it to two, two very simple points. Everyone is seeking to escape suffering and to find joy. Any, every sentient being, even plants, they seek to escape suffering and to find joy. People decide, have different ideas about what joy and suffering is. And as we progress through many incarnations, we come to a deeper and deeper and more elevated understanding of, of both of those concepts. But wherever you are on the spectrum, from worm to Christ, there's going to be your idea of suffering and your idea of bliss. I mean, you, you take a worm and you touch it with a pin, it will try to get away from the pin. Just as simple as that. Here, here I'm being hurt, that's suffering, I need to move away from it. And the, the reduction of suffering is the movement toward bliss. And, and that's basically what it's about. And the extraordinary promise of spirituality is that perfect bliss is the end of the story. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Um, you know, uh, seek ye the, the heaven within you. Seek, you. seek ye first the kingdom of God. And where is the kingdom of God? It's not, as Jesus says, low here and low there. He says the kingdom of God is within. The bliss that we're seeking is within ourselves. This is what med meditation is all about. Now, someone such as myself, over 50 years of practice, I've tested and tested and tested these ideas, and by no means have I reached the end point of bliss. But my understanding of where suffering comes from and where happiness comes from, it just constantly keeps elevating and evolving until... I've come to this clear understanding that everything is consciousness. And even though it appears that even my consciousness is dependent on my circumstances, it's actually the opposite. My perception of my circumstances is dependent on my consciousness. So the battle of Kurukshetra, which is the battle described in the Bhagavad Gita, the, the field of battle is the field of my own consciousness. A master put it this way, he said, Circumstances are always neutral. Whether we experience them as happy or sad depends on the orientation of our own consciousness. 
I mean, think of how people just experience things so differently. I'm going to go with the reverse first. I have a very, um, a very strong disinclination to what a lot of people think of as music, which is very noisy to me and very loud and clanging and screeching and just not attractive to me at all. When the many years ago, before we had the temple that we now have here in our community that I'm part of, we had a, 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 an office suite. I was going to say we called it a storefront church, but it was actually an office suite, and it was actually at the back of the building. It wasn't really a storefront. It was in the second story of an office suite on a street, and at that time, it was a fairly quiet street, but across the street from us, there was this old Quonset hut that had been converted into a nightclub. It's long since been torn down. It's not there now, but it was a nightclub. It was called various different things. It was called The Void, but it wasn't called The Void. It was called The Vortex. That was what it was called. And uh, oftentimes, when it, like on, on a weekend night, if we had a program like on Saturday or a Sunday night or a Friday night even, I would come downstairs and I would often ride my bicycle back and forth on, in the summer, even if it was late. And I'd come downstairs... And the, the bass and the drum from the vortex across the street, I could actually, would actually go through the pavement and I could feel the vibration under my feet on the sidewalk. And one particular night, I, I happened to take a bicycle route home and they were having something that was just starting. And the, the, there were hundreds of people in the parking lot all dressed in black. I don't think it was Halloween. I just think that was the fashion. They were all dressed in black, so they looked sort of like swarming ants to me. And they were they were all crushing into this Quonset hut, which was also a dark color. And I could feel the vibrations coming out of it. And they were so happy to be going in. They were so excited, and they were paying money, and they were going in. And I thought, it, to me it was like, and I, I just, I can't say it. The only way I can say it is, it was like a vision of hell. And if you had dragged me in there, I would have felt like I had been delivered into hell. And they all wanted to go. <laughs> and I had just come, yes, it was a Friday night, and I had just come from a two-hour kirtan in which we were singing, Lord, I am thine, I am thine, thine. You know, door of my heart, open wide, I keep for thee. You know, just all our songs. And I can imagine... Hell might not have been how they would have felt about it, but they might have felt it. You know, I could just see them just sitting there waiting for this incredibly boring, you know, thing to end so they could get across the street to the vortex. <laughs> you know, it's just like we're all very different. We're all very different, but we're all trying to escape suffering and find happiness. And what the spiritual path teaches us, what the path of yoga teaches us, and this is like thousands of years old, is that there are, there are certain fundamental realities to human nature, to the physical body, to the spiritual self, to the mental self, to the emotional self. And we can experiment. You know, we can experiment. Human beings have free will and we're incredibly creative in what we can train ourselves to like. You know, and this is why it takes so long. But there are just, there are fundamental realities and you can call them the you know the Ten Commandments or whatever you want to call them, but they're not anybody's commandments. They're the way that they were made. And nobody takes anybody's word for it. We just have to live through it, which is why it takes so many incarnations. When I first came to Ananda, I had, I'd been motivated my whole life to escape suffering and find happiness. 
And I, I remember speaking to Swami Kriyananda with a little bit of bewilderment. I said, you know, sir, I had a very fine upbringing, a very good family. I, I just, you know, my life was wonderful. I really didn't suffer in any way. I mean, my gosh, I hear some of the things that people are born into and have to live through or the karma they have even very young. I mean, I, I was just, my life was wonderful. But I intensely wanted to escape suffering and find happiness. Although there was no apparent reason even in my life for me to feel that way. And Swami just said the obvious, which for some reason I didn't in the moment remember. Past lives, he said, just past lives. When you have suffered and you really began to ask the question, where, where does happiness come from? And what causes suffering? And the answer to that question, sometimes it's very tough. And sometimes the experiences we have are very tough. You know, you look around the world, I look around the world, really hard things happen. Why do they happen? You know, and, and I, I mean, I can give you a whole philosophical story. That's what I'm doing here as to why they happen. But you have to feel it inside your own self. You have to really feel, oh, I see. I allowed myself to become dependent on circumstances around me delivering to me what I wanted it to deliver. And I can't depend on it. This world is ephemeral. But there is an eternal reality that is unchanging. Now, why were we created? How we ever got into this mess? Why we keep incarnating? Why the truth is hidden from us? All the masters say, as you begin to understand, you're not in such rebellion anymore. And after a while, I think, you decide, I really don't care how I got into this prison. My only question is, how do I get out? And who put me here and why they put me here and who's the architect and who's, you know, who my cellmate is. All of these things, after a while, become less important than how do I get out? And, and I was born with that compelling need and I, I didn't even know it. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just knew I hadn't seen it yet. And when I saw it, which was Sanatana Dharma, which is the principles of self-realization, this is the nature of consciousness, this is the nature of happiness, this is the cause of suffering. If it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't make sense to you, don't pay any attention to it. But if it does make sense to you, oh, there it is, this is it. I was 19, I was handed a book, this is it. Three years later I saw Swami Kriyananda, this is it. And intuitively I knew this was it. And it ends that we move through life on gossamer wings and we dance lightly over mountaintops. I believe the promise. And even though I'm being a little facetious with it here, it thrills me to read it. And it is practical because it says, until I get to that point, I need to face in that direction and take my next step toward it. Because my, my, won't that be a glorious day. So, March 30th, Swami says, Think of your life as dancing on air, in spirit soar up on gossamer wings of pure joy, brush lightly by every mountain peak of difficulty. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.